Hello and welcome back hi. to an Oh hi. Welcome back to an extra special episode of the Arnithology, the first time we've had a chance to do something like this, because there's an actual Arnie film to talk about. Oh, for sure. Like we haven't had a chance to do a new Arnie movie, you're right. We held off on Maggie for so long. Before we get into that, I think there's something that's happened in the last few months that we were both struck by. Um, 2016 was obviously the year of celebrity deaths, and 2017 was going pretty well. And then the news broke Oscar weekend that Bill Paxton had died at 61. And so, so sad. It seems like a strange thing to say of a man that was in his 60s, but it just seemed like he was so young and mm. vital, and he didn't really have any... Uh, illnesses that we knew about he didn't have cancer it was a complication mm. due to surgery so obviously he had something that needed doing but uh, really really sad because I think you know we talked about him in the films that we did especially the Jim Cameron films for the Arnithology and yeah. what, a, what a high spot he always is yeah um talk about talk about like one of he was he was one of the major regulars uh, of you know the ancillary cast members that we we kept referencing and we talked often about how Arnie brought brought guys along, brought people along. We were always so overjoyed to see Bill Paxton in a movie, even in absolutely in the movies that had nothing to do with Arnie, like seeing him pop up in Predator Two, you know. And he was also, I mean, when we were thinking about actors that we could do the Arnithology treatment for, he was a genuine candidate. Yeah, yeah, right. He's one of that '80s crew that would just always love to see him in films. He picked good projects. Yeah. Um. Right up to the end, he picked really interesting things, mm. and and I think that's the saddest thing is that he definitely had a lot more to do and give, and mm. we're not going to get to see his fantastic face anymore, um, yeah. and that's genuinely sad. So, and talent, right? Real talent, amazing. Okay. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, I went on Twitter and I said the man defines diversity, like. He could be hilarious in a film. Right. He could also be incredibly vulnerable. Uh, he could play a douchebag. He could play a hero. He could play a villain. And he was a director as well. And and mm. he only really directed one film, which was Frailty with Matthew McConaughey, which is a really interesting, dark, fascinating film. Mm. And that's really sad as well that he never picked up a camera again and did right, something yeah. like that. What was the movie that you said? If there, if you watch one Bill Paxton movie, watch this one. It's One False Move. Uh, it was a film from the early 90s with Billy Bob Thornton um, as a serial... Well, not a serial killer. Someone who's done a, a horrible, violent crime and is running across the country. And the FBI go to Bill Paxton's sheriff in the town that Billy Bob is suspected to be heading towards. Yeah, It's a little bit like um, The Last Stand, in that sense. Right, okay. Um, but there is a moment, and Patton Oswalt shouted it out on Twitter, actually. There's a moment in that where Bill Paxton overhears these people that he admires mocking him. And they don't know that he's there. And then they realize that he's there. And he comes out and he pretends that he's not heard and that he's not upset. And you can see on his face that he's absolutely broken. What by a this. fantastic piece of acting that must be. It really is. It's I mean, like that that nuance you described. That's that's really difficult to play, right? Yeah, and I I always refer to it as like that's the pinnacle of acting for me. That kind of moment, Indeed. someone giving a performance where their character is also giving a performance. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Right? So I, it's a fantastic film. I really recommend that everyone sees it. But I was going to ask you, like, if you had to pick uh, just a handful, three or four of, you know, these are the these are the Paxton films you have to see. 
Yeah, so, you know, I knew we were going to do this. And so I looked down the list of his movies and look at, looking down the list, it's funny. There are some films there that I think anyone has to see. Yeah. Right? Like Edge of Tomorrow with sure. Tom Cruise. Maybe Nightcrawler, which I still haven't yeah, seen. But you keep raving about film. it. So I'm like, I trust you. But whether or not they are Bill Paxton films that you have to see. Nightcrawler's a funny one because Jake Gyllenhaal is a towering god in that film. Like He's right. phenomenal in it. And Bill Paxton is like a rival cameraman in it. And I always forget that Bill Paxton's in it because Jake Gyllenhaal is the centerpiece. But Bill Paxton's great in it. He's, he's doing a grown-up version of Simon from True Lies. Right. He's really smarmy and cocky and confident. Interesting. So, you know, it depends really what you're going for. From the 80s, for me, it's got to be Chet in Weird Science. Right. The Big, the big Brother. Yeah, oh, for sure, man. Amazing. Hudson in Aliens, which is his career-defining moment, really. Uh, you know, even if you don't like sci-fi or horror movies, Aliens is becoming such a staple, and now with the, the reboots or the prequels or whatever, people are talking about them. As much as people hated Prometheus, people are, some, loads of people loved it still, and they made they're making another one. So something's going on with the there's an Alien revival. It's never going away as part of cinema lore, and Bill Paxton's super important part of that film. Yeah, just for his catchphrase. Yeah, in it. Game over, man. And Near Dark, which I I don't know if you've seen that the vampire movie Near Dark. No, Catherine Bigelow's first film, and it's um quite controversial among hardcore vampire lore fans because right. it tweaks some of the traditional vampire rules. They, so it's they like can it's, use mirrors. Uh, no, I don't want to spoil it because it's the third act of Revelation. But, they, um, they eat garlic for breakfast. Yeah, no, they're actually werewolves. Uh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> and Frankensteins. <laughs> that would be the biggest <laughs> fuck you to vampire lore. I'm a werewolf like... Frankenstein, motherfucker. <laughs> And my name... Werewolf Frankenstein zombie, motherfucker. And my name is Quasimodo. <laughs> it's great. But it's it's like... It's a modern, hillbilly, western vampire film. And again, he is... <laughs> you, know, you, you said that with a straight face. Yeah. A modern, hillbilly, vampire, western film. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. no, for real. All right. All right. Uh, no, it's is great. There a, it's is a, there a talking pie in it as well? <laughs> it's a really grungy, nasty film. And, and again, Paxton is just doing his shit-eating grin. Right. I'm a piece of shit and I love it. Sort of Frailty, is that what it is? Frailty is the one that he directed. That's a really interesting film, yeah. That looks like a horror. It's not. It's kind of. It's a yeah. It's a so very. So what was psychological... this vampire one called again? Sorry. Near Dark. From Near 1987. Dark. He's done. He's he's done quite a lot of work actually. Even though a lot of them I don't recognise. I so this is why I don't think I can answer seriously. I mean, I was given my jokes answers. You know, it's going to make me. You know, as always, artist paintings go up in price when they die. It's it's going to make me want to watch his movies now, and it's it's a shame. I. Some of them I wish, and your 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 knowledge of them is is great because it's gonna it enthuses me to actually say, yeah, I'm gonna give some of these a go. But just in fairness, the film critic critic in me is going, yeah, man, these these posters look like he had a, he had GCSE the wilderness years. Yeah, he had student made them. He had some of the wilderness years in the late nineties, early two thousands. But yeah, right. I think um, 
One of his last performances in In Edge of Tomorrow, he's really good fun in that. I think everything you need to know about Bill Paxton as a performer, you can glean from the double bill of One False Move, Bill Paxton, Amazing Actor, and True Lies, Bill Paxton, Amazing Shithead. Yeah, right. And those would be my recommendations. And the great thing when this happens, if you want to find the silver lining, is that actors and musicians do leave a rich legacy. Uh, and they, they, you know, they attain immortality. And I think there's always that thing of like, I want to feel connected to this person now, mm. so I'm going to go back through their work. And I think there's lots of work to enjoy there. Yeah, as is evidenced by the time we spent talking about him now. Indeed. Cool. Well, unless you have anything else to say about Mr. Bill Paxson, we can start talking about Aftermath, Ben. Wrong. Hello, I'm Ben Hyten. And I'm Alex Bellardi. And this is a very special episode of the Arnithology because this is sort of the epilogue to season one, I think. We know we're going to do season two. You all know what we're doing for season two. But in the meantime, Arnold Schwarzenegger's released another film. And I think in a well really... Well done, Arnie. In a kind of an interesting way, the film itself feels like an epilogue. And really, indeed, really... It is called Aftermath. Yeah. This is directed by Elliot Lester, who has done a couple of films with Jason Statham, uh, Blitz and Nightingale, which are kind of okay. Uh, Stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Scoot McNary, Maggie Grace, a couple of other people. And this was originally called 478 when it popped up on our radar. It's by the right. One of the writers is uh, worked on Enemy, which we're both big fans of. Yeah, I love Enemy. Um, so this is based on a true story that I think took place in Norway or one of the Scandinavian countries. So was it countries. flight 478? Was that the point? I don't know because there are numbers that are significant in this film, but 478 isn't one of them. 271 is a significant number or 217 is a significant yeah. number. But the flight number isn't 478 either, is right. it, in the film? Uh, anyway, it was. it's a, based on a true story about uh, a guy... Uh, the names and places have been changed, but the character in, in this film is called Roman, and that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he's waiting for his wife and pregnant daughter to return from the motherland, in this case, Russia. Romania, maybe? Okay, all right. I think. Anyway, they're, they're due to come back, and he's going he's gonna to see his daughter pregnant for the first time. He's very excited. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another character. What was Scoot McNary's character called? Jack. Jack, okay. And he's he's on a sort of graveyard shift as a air traffic controller, and there's a couple of technical hitches and mix-ups that result in two planes colliding midair, basically. One of which, yeah, has it's a bit weird. On. I didn't follow it quite well. I was just kind of thinking, you know, I've seen a couple of air traffic control like documentaries, and as far as I'm aware, unless it's a teeny, 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 tiny airport. It would never happen, and that's the, the thing. way that they the way that they showed it. Yeah, and I think if it wasn't based on a true story, I would have called bullshit on that scene completely. Yeah, and I didn't know it was based on a true story till you said right now. So I think I'll surprise a lot of people. Well, it does say it at the top of the film. Yeah, I don't pay attention to those kinds. <laughs> okay, <of things. laughs> you can't read. We've established this. You can't. Yeah, read. yeah, right, right. Um, but the reason why I'm saying it's kind of bullshit is because 
he's swapping headphones from one station to another station yeah. to try and give the different the, the two as there's a third plane i think somewhere that's distracting him that these two planes this kind of instructions about what to do and so he's skipping what they're saying they're doing and they both end up saying we're going to descend just 6000 feet the same yeah. altitude and so they end up crashing so i wonder what I wonder if that was manufactured just for the film to say this is how it could have happened yeah, without any real knowledge of how it could have happened. Possibly. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think the details of how two planes managed to collide in this technical... Technic, how two planes managed to collide in this technological, technological age, age that we live in. Um, yes, there's probably some contrivance. Yeah. Uh, and you there. know, the era's a bit obscure. I'm not... This could have easily been the early 90s as far as... I saw. Yes, and there's a third act twist, I'm saying in inverted commas, yeah. that suggests that this must have taken place in an earlier time. Yeah, yes, there are things, events occur that inform you. Absolutely. Sorry, I thought you meant like there are no cell phones in the first act. And no, no. And in it, the third act. And, no, yeah, it would, yeah. but I, I think like early 2000s is fair. Uh, you know. Sorry, English audience, mobile phones. <laughs> I spent a week in the States calling them cell phones. Um, anyway, what this leads to is basically two lives unraveling. That of Scoot McNary's character, the guilt that he takes upon himself and that others project onto him as well for the deaths of these 200 plus people. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger's Roman dealing with the loss of his family. And all he wants is for someone to acknowledge yeah, say that sorry. they messed up. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Just say sorry. So... I don't think there's too. I don't think we need to go into too much more of the plot. It will come out really. as we it as will. we discuss the film. It will. What I want to say is the release pattern of this film gave me big warning signs, as did me, because I was expecting last Friday to go to a cinema and see this as a Friday night release, mm-hmm. and there was nothing suggesting that I wouldn't be able to do that. Warning sign number one was when you said it's not showing in any cinemas within 50 miles of where you live. Yeah. But I've got a local indie cinema. They'll definitely be showing it if the block, if the, you know, yeah. multi-screen cinemas are not. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't showing anywhere near me either. I didn't even find a cinema in London that was showing it. And so it turns out that it was a day and date release for premium rental, which means you pay basically the equivalent of a cinema ticket and get to rent it for seven days. So it it did have a very limited cinema release. And what that tends to mean is that it could be in even just one cinema. Uh, but it normally would be somewhere in London. But it may only play for a couple of days. may even only be for a couple of showings. And the majority of the audience will be critics who are paid to be there. So that the film gets some legitimate press right. before it's available on home video. Right. Now, the reason that I went into that big, long preamble is because we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger here right yeah. and if there's one thing he that we can it say as well didn't he this film? he was one of the yeah. producers yeah along with Darren Aronofsky Jesus yeah for those who don't know that's like uh Oscar nominated Re- Requiem for a Dream yeah. The Fountain Black Pie. Swan yeah, yeah Black Swan right uh, yeah and whatever we can say about the declining qualities of Arnie's movies over the years He's never done direct-to-DVD movies. They get cinema releases. They get distribution. 
but this is what they do now and i didn't really know what they do with director dvd movies until now where they sort of do one or two cinema releases for critics in in like one in each country or something like you said and then it, the rest is available to to rent for everybody else because that way they can say that it wasn't directed dvd as well exactly it had yeah. a theatrical release bruce willis and i mean certainly jean-claude van damme have done movies that a genuine director DVD. Like right? not even skip rental, skip everything. It's just, it shows up one day. In Asda. In Asda, yeah. Yeah, totally. And Arnie's never done that. But he's right there now. And th- this yeah. was a low budget movie. Again, I think The it's numbers a- must have worked though, because distribution is the major chunk of a film's budget, right? And marketing. On a film this size, yeah, if you wanted to put it in a thousand screens... It would, yeah, it would double the budget. Right. I think what I'm saying is it says something about his status in terms of being able to open a movie, and he can't. We we were noticing that, and and it's our theory. I've got no idea what the truth of it is is or not, but it seems to be that the era of big stars opening big movies, and that it was a guarantee that you would get bums on seats. That's not. I don't think that's true anymore. You know, I don't think that that was true for. Ghosts in the Shell, for example, or regardless of its quality, I don't think that's true of of lots of things. Even if you get a mega, a mega, not necessarily a mega star, I guess he is Matthew McConaughey. He's a great attractor. Mm-hmm. Like you put Matthew McConaughey in a movie, people are definitely going to rent it if they don't go to the, don't go to the cinema. They're definitely going to get it on Amazon or Netflix. They're going to watch it for sure. And there's a metric then associated with that star power. And I don't know whether it fits into their star status or what these lists are, whatever. But there has got to be a much more complex economy around it than there was before. Because before it was just, you star on the Schwarzenegger in a movie, these are the box office takings you get. That's it. But now we're already talking about streaming services and rentals and DVD, right? right? But if we go back to the brand, okay, let's look at Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? Yeah. Direct to DVD, you're absolutely right. But the the difference is, if you rent that Jean Claude Van Damme movie, you can expect a couple of things. He's gonna kick someone, right? <laughs> he's probably gonna murder upwards of ten people. Yeah, and he's possibly <laughs> gonna do the splits. Okay. Well, that's probably number one on the list, yeah. right? Now it used to be that with Arnie, you would get. Mm, some of those things, a certain amount of death and carnage and explosions no, no and excitement. Never, ever splits. And with these most recent films, I think, for me, this is a sister piece to Maggie. Like, you can no longer expect that from Arnie. He's going in a different direction. There is This is definitely a sister piece to Maggie. And that was one of my first notes, which is that, right, so this is Arnie's direction now. And you look at the people he's working with. Yeah. I think that that as a career choice, that matters to him more than the success of the movie necessarily. He's just trying to pick good projects for him, for his age. And, yeah. you know, at one point we said, you know, Arnie's really good when he's well cast. I think he's still finding his feet in, in this genre. He's certainly no longer an action hero. Yeah. And we've never seen Arnie do anything like this before. No, it for me it was it was uh, not even with Maggie's very different actually. It is, but thematically and and in terms of also his character, mm. there's a lot of crossover. It's, it's, it's similar qualities for sure. 
He's a family man struggling to deal with an extraordinary set of circumstances that have robbed him of his daughter. Right? You could say that same, about either same, film. Same. Yeah, right. You're right. Um, and also, elements of Breacher in Sabotage as well. Like, in the second half of this film, he is living for... I, I use the word revenge very tentatively when it comes to this film, because I don't think that was it's his driving revenge. goal. No, he has, no. He, he's not okay, basically. But he he needs he needs closure for what someone did to his yeah, family. Yeah, right. So spoiler, 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 Claxon. Sound the spoiler, Claxon. It's said in no uncertain terms that he's had some kind of psychotic break, a, a protracted one at that as well. And there's evidence for it in the movie. It's not exactly hidden, um, but it's not overt either which i really liked because what that does is it speaks to the subtle way in which that that kind of psychosis would reside inside somebody they can carry on with loads of things they're just very certain about what they're going to do and so psychosis i'm not so sure but the moment when he cracks when he goes to see jack in his new life with his new name and he manages to track him down i don't know if we want to talk about that moment yet but it's clear that in that moment that he's not okay. He says certain things that reveal that he's not really tethered to reality. So with regards to the brand, what you're not getting with this film is you're not getting the revenge film that we both said I would have preferred Sabotage to have been. It yeah. would have been awesome if that was a badass revenge movie. You're also not getting a thriller, right? For me, what this is is a, is a morality drama. Right, it, it doesn't have set pieces. It's very deliberately paced, and in the early stretches, there's a very distinctive directorial decision to set up chapters in the first third of the film to say, mm. "This is the story of two people. This is the story of the man most directly responsible for this horrific accident, and the man who will not get up, give up until he gets some closure as to how." Or why it happened. Even if that is just sorry. And once I realised that that was the movie that they were doing. It was when the moment that the air traffic controller. What's the actor's name? I keep forgetting it. Scoot McNary. What a great name. Yeah. When he's being told what happened. Because he doesn't know as far as he's concerned. Two planes just went blip off the radar. Yeah. He assumes that I guess something bad happened. But he doesn't know. Uh, and he's mortified. He's completely mortified. And it's at that moment that I realise, all right, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember the trailer selling me that movie. I, it's The trailer was selling me a movie almost like he was a terrorist or something, that he did it deliberately. Oh, I didn't get that from it, but I did expect it to be a revenge film. I expected this to be Arnie in like doing a Taken kind of movie. Yeah, that's what, that is what the trailer is selling too, but that he's he's justified in it. And he's not. He's not. No, and I think that, that, for me, this is the most interesting thing about the film, is playing those characters in parallel, yeah. right? On opposite ends of this event. Yeah. Opposite sides of the, of the balance of control. One had total control to prevent it, the other had none whatsoever. But to see them both unraveling in very similar ways. Yeah, fascinating. To the point that they both consider suicide as the only option to 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 get away from the grief and the guilt right 
Now that as a concept, imagine that in the hands of Darren Aronofsky. That could have been, yeah. I mean, so raw and powerful. Yeah. I actually think it was. It's the wrong director in that case. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah I think so. Well, we're coming on to something else anyway. Go on, go on. It's it's not a bad film, and it's not a badly made film. It just yeah. doesn't go deep okay. enough. Well, this was what I was going to ask you: is just just point blank. Let's ask each other. Did you like it? I think I probably felt the way about this that you originally felt about Maggie, which was yeah. I didn't dislike it. I yeah. just wasn't satisfied by it. Yeah, I'm the same. And it's going to take me a bit of time to put my finger on it. I mean, I, I wasn't... I, to be honest, there was bits where I was bored. It's like, I know what this is. I know what's happening. I wasn't gripped in any way. There was a couple of surprises which were nice, again, but I think that's because I was missold. And I also think that, you know, sometimes it's good to go into a film with your expectations low. I think this time my expectations being really low because of the release, the way that the release took us both by surprise. Yeah. I think that pushed my expectations so low that I was I was expecting it to be shit, so I was looking for it to be shit. It It didn't actually help in this case. But objectively, I can look at it and say exactly what you said. It is an okay movie. I think it's one of those films that you need to you need to watch not knowing anything about it, and you need to be in the mood for something that's psychologically deep without actually going very far with it. That's the other thing. That so that's kind of what you were saying is that it yeah, it didn't go far enough with yeah. what it was doing, and yet if it was trying to stay true to the the real life events. That's what happened. So I think it needed a, a director with a slightly less deliberate touch, you know, who's who's like someone who's really going to work with an actor and really try and take this in an in an interesting direction. And I think also I don't think it's a bad script, but it did lack drama. Uh, and I think yeah, that's if, the boredom if, if the drama had gone a little bit deeper on the human level, I think that would have made up for the lack of plot really that's what there is there's no right. there's no plot to it well there's a, there's enough not much plot. not there's, much yeah there's enough story there's enough plot there's enough twists it's interesting the timeline that they took it over was great uh so i'm just going to skip right to the end all right hyper mega spoilers then sound the hyper mega spoiler collection she's got a penis it was earth all along he's been dead the whole time darth vader is his dad Basically, so we got to just say it if you haven't seen it, please watch it because this is totally, totally spoiling it. Arnie, when he goes to, when he eventually finds this guy, it's like a year and a half, two years later yeah. after the event. He finds the guy in some kind of a witness protection, but he's basically just not really, but set up his a new life with a new name. So he's found him with the help of a journalist who is writing a book about the event. And he goes and he, he he goes and he just wants the apology, just wants sorry, and the guy basically says that you shouldn't be here, this has nothing to do with me, it was an accident, I didn't do anything. And he's terrified as well at the same time, but angry. Yeah. And Arnie did not expect to be met with anger. But he kinda must have had an idea in his head because he had a knife on him. And he stabs him in the gut, and then he stabs him in the neck. The neck, man, yeah. It was a bit morbid. And he did not realising at all that his that this man's wife and child are there with him. 
and he's he calls them by his wife's name yeah or his daughter even now that i didn't i I, that was too far for me so that was the bit that i'm saying well they're telling us that this guy's had a psychotic break yeah and the psychiatrist in the prison, or the lawyer, sorry, in the prison, saying, well, you're going to get an early release. It's been 10 years. You need to see a psychiatrist every day and you, you can get out. Yeah. Fine. He's accosted by a young man 10 years later in the cemetery. It's pretty obvious it's the kid. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know instantly that it's the kid, it becomes obvious by his look. And he holds a gun to his head, eventually, in an underpass. Arnie says he's sorry. He says the thing that he never got uh, about his family's death to the son whose father he killed. Right. Okay, Arnie, that's the best thing to do in that moment, even if you're about to have your brains blown out. You said the right thing. You did the right thing, I guess. Didn't do the right thing by killing his dad, though. Uh, No. No. And he does the right thing, the kid. He's there. You see him. He's trying to make himself do it. And then he stops himself. And he says, I can do this but I'm not going to because I was taught better than that. So he sits down and whatever and he says go and that's the end. So that's the mega spoiler for the two major plot points. Those are those are really big things to deal with. I mean, in, in actual reality, they're huge. And I'm not sure how you can do justice to those things without having the people involved on side in the filmmaking. And I'm not entirely certain that that was the case mm. because... If you get the people involved on side to make a movie about this, that's interesting then. Well, I think it's just some of the loose events uh, are what the the film has hung off. I I wouldn't expect that the true life story bears much much resemblance to these characters at all. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I'm not even sure that the kid ever did that. The kid ever found the guy, found Arnie's character and held a gun to his head. So, okay, fine. There's some poetic license in telling a story and basing it on, on at least the plane crash. And that what might happen, what characters might do. The thing is, is that there's no device for exploring the moral ambiguity of this. There's nothing in it. The characters don't say anything. The characters don't have many moments where they speak to people about what's happened. Something would have been interesting, would have made it more interesting. And like you said, there's no drama, even though these two massive events, there's very little drama around it. It kind of plods along. I think there's sort of three or four key points where the film... Uh, sort of comes to life with an idea, okay? Apart from the initial, you know, this is the event that brings these characters into each other's lives. There's a bit where Arnie goes to see the the guys that run the airline and they want to settle with him really quick in a way that... <laughs> it's my favourite other... scene. It's my favourite scene. And it's one of those scenes that it, it there's a good idea in there, but it's so mm. heavy, heavily handled in terms of uh, here's a guy who just wants to be heard. Here's some guys that just don't want to listen. That's the dynamic in that scene. But that is basically all you get. It's not done with any kind right. of nuance or right. or lightness of touch. Yeah. But then you've got the scene where Arnie confronts Scoot McNary. Now, I have to be honest, while I knew that he tracked him down because I'd seen the trailer, I did not expect him to kill him. No, neither did I. It was, that was a shock. It was a surprise. And that, at that point, I genuinely sat up and I was like, Holy shit! There's another half hour of this film yet, almost. Yeah. What What's next? Where is this film going to go? Because I expected yeah. the last half an hour of this to be two guys settling this thing, you know, intellectually, bearing their souls to one another. That was the film I was ready for. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool, actually. 
and they didn't go that way. No, so now Scoot McNary's dead, him. and I'm like, okay, what the hell happens now? Surely he doesn't kill the wife and kids. No, he has that psychological break instead, and that was really poorly handled as well for me. Yeah. And I can't just blame the director. I have to say, yeah. at that moment, I got yours and Marek's words in my head saying, the reason Arnie doesn't have a big grandstanding moment is because he just can't do it. And that's that's the other thing about the drama. I mean, you're, I, I don't know if that's true still. I think it might be true now. Two films in, two films down. It's two strikes, Arnie. Mm. You had two chances. And you've shown us twice that that we're not so sure you can do it. I mean, he's he's wincing when he's doing them. That when he finds his wife's body or his daughter's body in the woods, and that's quite cool. That was quite a cool thing, actually. I thought it was quite cool that he he decides to sign up to the volunteer crew that goes to find sift through the debris yeah. um, to just to find his find anything you know body this memento whatever and that's quite nice and i i imagine that that part might actually be true we see that yes and that for me that was the best scene in the movie because yeah that was actually quite stunningly it was portrayed yeah it was well shot you've got bodies hanging in trees arnie's not crying pile of suitcases yeah it's uh, music people's belongings hanging in the trees dead bodies still in the crash plane and arnie is on site on a lie, like he pretends to not be related to anyone. Yeah. And I had I hadn't really seen anything quite like that in a film before. Yeah, it was quite So I had nice to scene. give them props for that. Yeah. But sorry, sorry, yeah, did you have more to say? No, no I just wanted no, to comment yeah, on that. But scene. no, but what I'm saying is that his the thing this is the thing, and I think I've got round to it now, finally. Which is the reason why I wanted to describe with the major dramatic points is because or at least the two major ones, but every single time I think back to the major dramatic points, they stop it. Yeah, they cut. Like Arnie has some kind of a heart problem when he's told the news. They cut it, and they go, and then suddenly he's in the hospital. But for every actor, not just Arnie, like it seems to be that where there could have been drama, they show us the lead up to drama, and then they cut it. They cut it. They cut it. And maybe there was a lot more drama shot. I've got no idea. And maybe that this film looks much better when the only bits of drama they leave in really are the guy getting stabbed by Arnie and. The end, the ending scene. Right, but then that ending, the epilogue, ten years later. I mean, that kind of took me by surprise. Like, did he just say ten years? Really? It, it's the way it's shot, you know, slow motion and deep focus and all of that. Mm. The guy walking behind him in the cemetery. My heart sank because I just realised oh, this is a foregone conclusion now. Like, it goes one way or the other, right? He kills him or he doesn't. But either way, that's how this film's going to end. And I just, I, it was, I, I, all of my hope for the film ended with that. Because I realised that all of the dramatic potential for the film was now used up. You could have cut it differently and had a kid with a gun to Arnie's head. Right up, right up top, right at the beginning. So what, how do we get there, you mean? Yeah, and say 10 years earlier, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, I... and, then, and then have... I don't know. There's so many different ways of treating this. And, you know, it's a C minus. I don't know what, what I give it. You know, it's not. It falls short. It's not bad. I, I don't want to call this a bad film. It's not. And but but I having seen <laughs> it now, was. I'm so glad that I didn't see it on a cinema screen because I would have found it a waste of my I, time. My money. disappointment would have been doubled. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it absolutely belongs to be seen at home. It's 
a kind of interesting film. It's not that many notches above something you would see on movies for men or true movies or something Jesus, like that. That's harsh, but true probably. It's not. Maybe it's not harsh. I'm just just letting it sink in that I've just seen a director DVD Arnie movie. Exactly, Shit. and that's <laughs> that's why we're in the aftermath now because my feeling then was retire because it's over man like you you you've you've given everything that you had i don't think you've really got any more to offer at this point well do just do something fun you know do cameos do yeah. whatever well i've know. got some i've got some follow-up bad news for you that i'll give you in a minute mm. i did when i was trying to find out how much arnie got paid for this movie because it couldn't be much because the budget of the film is only ten and a half million wait um, are we are we doing numbers now well that's it that's the only number i've got because i couldn't find his salary but I did find an interview with him where he basically said, I don't need to make money from movies anymore. I've always been able to take a dollar and turn it into two. So I'd rather pretty much do exactly what you said, which was work with young directors on films that are not like the films that I've made before. Now that I still have I mean, admiration props. for. Yeah, yeah, props. And I, when I read that, I thought, okay, Aftermath didn't work for me, but I will still give you that one more shot and i'll probably give you yeah. five more shots <laughs> yeah i'm never writing him off, if you, you want know? to do it arnie's gonna be on something i'm gonna see it you know that's what it's gonna be and he'd, he'd have to do some really like five or six in a row like stinkers like the kind of movies that adam sandler makes if he does like six of them then I might just say, no, fuck it, I'm skipping it. But as long as he keeps doing these kinds of things, I'm always going to be interested. Both Maggie and this movie piqued my interest when I saw the trailer. I want to see Arnie do one of these kinds of movies really well. I want to see it be a fucking smash hit. I don't care if it's a hit, that's the thing. And and, and apparently neither does he. What I want Criteria to see... 2 is what I'm saying. Criteria 1 is just has to be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All I want is I just yeah. want him to nail one. I'd love it if it was one of those really understated movies that is excellent. Like... God, get him in a Wes Anderson movie. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah right. Right. Thank you. Or Thank a Coen you. Brothers movie. Yeah, but maybe doing this would... Yeah, I'd Jesus, get the Coen Brothers to direct <laughs> Arnie. I mean, you're putting him in a James Cameron movie again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this must be what... So, we've already seen Arnie try and do a bit of a comeback. Last Stand. Yeah. That was a proper comeback movie for us, that we we said that. It, the, the best film that he's done... Yeah. Agreed. In 20 years. A- agreed. And everything else, not so great. And he took a turn with Sabotage. You're right. What was after Sabotage? Maggie, yeah. Then Maggie, of course. So, then Maggie and this. And so, it's like, well... I don't know what to say because we we said it's a comeback, but it is the aftermath. It's sort of like a mini comeback. And then it's like, so fine, Arnie, you've chosen your new direction. This is the kind of thing you want to do. Fair play to him. And like you said, I think he's got about five more shots before someone turns around to him and says, Arnie, st- stop. stop. Yeah. P- please stop. He's going to, he's going to go back to the Terminator who he's already pretty much said as much. He's- Can he? Well, that's what he's saying. I mean, how he looks in this is how he looks now, right? It's not... They didn't age him in this. No, no, no. No, no. That's how he looks. Yeah. So, can I give you the, the, the other bad news? Go on, man. I mean, he's Do got it. he's got another film coming out this year called Why We Killed Gunther, or Why We're Killing Gunther, whatever it's called. 
Yeah, I know nothing about it. It's a comedy. Taron Killam is writing, directing, starring. He's don't know who that is. He's uh, he's quite talented, so that's got some promise. However, Triplets, the follow-up to Twins. No way. That is Cancelled. officially dead in the water now. Officially dead. And is that because Eddie Murphy's doing a Trading Places remake? Nope. All right. And in the last couple of weeks, it has been announced that the long-mooted Legend of Conan is officially no, no longer happening. Now, no. it's not 100% dead. Like, Just not, not with Arnie, that's all. But the studio that has it have decided they are not going to invest in it. Uh, to the level that it needs to get made, so they're passing on it. So somebody else has to pick. Someone it up. Someone else might pick it up, yeah. But I think it's safe to say that as of right now, Legend of Conan is dead. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Terminator aside, for me, this is sort of really a fitting end to to where we are with him, which is well. I think we both kind of don't hold out much hope anymore for good Arnie movies. No, that's that's pretty much it. We need to move on. But we just, and we've just said we'll give him as many chances as he needs, pretty much, to do it. Listen, he doesn't have that much, that many more films in him. How old is he? He's seventy. But I, how many actors are still making films in their eighties? Yeah, not very many. Right, so he's going to retire. Arnie classics. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it counts as a classic, but. You mentioned he was playing his age. He's got he's got a beard and he's grey. I at least liked that. That's become the Arnie classic, right? He looks good like that. Uh, one of his first lines in the film, "You're fired." Yeah, as a joke. That's obviously his "I'll be back" from True Lies, in my opinion. And also, it's a nod to the fact that he was the Apprentice host. Okay, I'll give you that. He still yeah. is, I think. Uh, no, he isn't anymore. He isn't. Anymore. He isn't anymore. Right, but the first ten, the first ten minutes, the first five minutes of this movie, feels very much like an Arnie movie for some reason because of that line, because of there was something like I was thinking about Jingle All the Way with Oof. all the, the Christmas music and I'm like, are they doing? Are they really doing this? Are they trying to do nods? But but no, it just kind of stops and they're not really. That's the one line that is. An Arnie film type line, right? There was one thing in the early stretch of this film that, for some reason, really stayed with me and kind of upset me. Was Arnie naked? There's a really gratuitous butt shot in this film. Like, there is no need for that shot of him showering and us seeing his butt in the film. And I didn't like it. Why? I don't know. I don't... you're ageist. No, it confused me. And <laughs> not in a sexual way. It was just No, like, I understand. It, it just, why am I seeing this? It's, it isn't pleasant. And do you think he, is he, he trying to, yeah, is he trying to show like, look how great I look for 70? Or is he trying to show, hey, look, I look 70 now. This is, I'm willing to play this age. I, I actually think the latter. And this is what I'm saying. It confused me yeah. because I was torn. Like, he he still has impressive arms and impressive muscles and all that sort of stuff, but at the same time he's not pleasant to look at. And I, <laughs> I really it's not unpleasant either. It's just a seven-year-old body, man. It's like... Which is unpleasant for me. Yeah, fine, but like I said, ageist. It's not ageist. There's a reason that you cover up. No, fine, <laughs> fine. Yeah, it just it really it really um it really scarred me, man. I don't I didn't like it. I didn't like it. 
He's basically Ben's basically saying old people are gross. Yes. Look, I love Meryl Streep, but I don't want to see her butt either. Okay, now I'm going to say something that I'm sure you're probably going to defend against. Let's see. I might not now. Now you said that, probably I won't. Maggie Grace. Yes. Continuing to fail to silence her critics. Maggie Grace has never been good in anything. Have I said I like her in something? No, I just, whenever I have a go at a bad actress, uh, you tend to go, she's not without talent. I'm quite happy to say that Maggie Grace is without talent. No, I haven't seen Maggie Grace do anything good, man. Isn't she the daughter in Taken or something? Yes. Why is she still getting film roles? I, uh, it annoys me. She's pretty. That's it. Yeah, she's just boring. I don't actually think she's that great, but she's um she has that look, right, that's not offensive. Yeah, she's bland. I don't know. She didn't do anything. She didn't have anything to do. Let someone else not do it. <laughs> maybe she just wanted to be in a movie with Arnie. Yeah, maybe. Um, I do, however, I think, uh, again... I'm not defending her, man. I agree. Although he doesn't really have any material, um, I, Scoot McNary is one of my favourite character actors yeah. working at the moment. I, I really love him. And he's a real success story as well because he was in Monsters, which was a very famous low-budget movie. Uh, and he's had a really fantastic career since then. If if you if you want to see Scoop McNary doing really good things, watch Argo and watch uh, Killing Them Softly. He is fantastic in both of those films. And with that, that's all I've got to say, buddy. Yeah, man, this is a short episode. There isn't much to say about this movie. It's a shame, really, because I was hoping we could be like super pumped, super high energy about something. So, but it was because it was one of those. Somewhere in the middle movies, it wasn't great, it wasn't yeah. awful. If it was awful, then we could be like, man, this is shit, and make jokes. We can't even do that. So, yep, that's it. I'm not going to ask you to rank it. I would just say, do you think it would go top half, bottom half of your list? <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, probably just It's not, it's not getting half, into the top ten, no way. No, exactly. But there are, I'm sure there's things in the middle that I'm like, oh, it's definitely going above that. Is it, at the end of the day, a recommendation? There's a million and one things, other things to watch. I don't know. Unless you've seen all the good movies, don't watch this. That's the highest recommendation I can give it. When you feel like you've got nothing else to watch, watch this. Don't watch something shit. Watch this. I'd say it's just about a recommendation, but I probably wouldn't pay any money for it. Wait for it to come onto a streaming service that you've already got, or wait for it to come on Sky Movies or something like that. Give it a chance. Uh, if you're into it, 20 minutes in, fine. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be into solemn movies for sure. Like, this isn't a fun watch. No. You're not going to have fun watching this movie. You might enjoy it, actually. If you like slow, plodding movies that don't really tell you very much until each act ends, then this is going to be great. <laughs> you're going to love this. That's about it. Thank you. That is it. For joining me today alex thank you to everyone thank you ben thank you to everyone out there in Earland for listening to us we're back and we'll be back very very shortly with season two of the ornithology don't know what we're going to be talking about listen to the pilot and you'll find out it's not a pilot if it's season two is it listen to the first episode yeah listen listen to the first episode of season two and you'll find out it's going to be pretty obvious when you press the button yeah before you press the thing on the whatever podcast app you're doing this on. What I would recommend is 
subscribe to the Ornithology, put auto-download on, this will appear, don't read any of it, and just listen, and then you'll you'll find out. It'll be like a, like a cool surprise. Yeah. Back in the day when, you know, TV would just happen to you passively. You couldn't control it. So, for probably the final time, for a long time, I guess that's it. Wrong! Not aftermath! Next time on the Arnithology. Half <laughs> to death! <laughs> I've forgotten about that little dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Season two intro. Are you ready? Scared me half to death. <laughs> oh, God. Get out of your system. <laughs> season two intro. I'm not ready, man. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for season two. Are you ready? I'll, look, I'm, I'm going to punch it in the air. Two? I'm going to punch it in the air. All you have to do is spike it, okay? What's, what's, the, what's the tune going to be like, man? The What's the tune going to be like? That. That. Is that... <laughs> is that that's going to be our theme tune. Just that on a loop for six hours. And no, then a half hour no. episode. We got it so right for Arnie. It worked. It worked. Yeah, no, I'm going to find... I want a new piece of music, but I'm going to find something a bit Mission impossible Something like this...